Amen. Will you stand with us this morning for the reading of God's Word? We are continuing our series on My Church is Kind of a Big Deal. This is part three. And the title of today's message is The Price of Value. The Price of Value. You're going to hear a couple times this morning, um, a never, you're going to hear things like this is a never again opportunity, a never again moment. Uh, we're going to share with you something special. And I believe God is going to do some awesome things amongst us this morning. So, so get ready. It is going to be an awesome, awesome day. And you're not going to hold back on me today, right? You've already made fun of me. So, uh, so now you can give me some amens, right? Amen? All right. If you have your Bibles, turn with us to Mark chapter 6. If you are a guest, we also put our outline every Sunday morning on Version. It's a free app on your phones, your iPads. <clears throat> you look up the Avenue Church 37814 under live events. You'll be able to follow us and follow my outline this morning. It'll be up all week. Mark chapter 6, the price of value. We're going to start in verse 45. The Bible says immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. After he said goodbye to them, he went away to the mountain to pray. And when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. He saw them being battered as they rode because the wind was against them. Around three in the morning, he came toward walking on the sea and wanted to pass them by. Some translations said that he would have passed them by. When they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out. For they all saw him and were terrified. And immediately he spoke with them and said, have courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Then he got into the boat with them and the wind ceased. They were completely astounded because they had not understood the loaves. Instead, their hearts were hard. Let's pray this morning. Father, thank you for your word. And God, thank you that you love us so much that you sent your son Jesus to live and die for us. And because you love us, because you care that much about us, you let us know that we are kind of a big deal. And we thank you for today and all that you want to do in our lives and through our lives today. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts and help us to step out in faith, to reach out in faith from amongst fear and call out to you and be obedient to you. And Lord, we know that you will do great and awesome and mighty things through us. And Lord, we'll never fail to give you all the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I always like to brag on our our praise and worship team. They do a phenomenal job. Week in and week out. They are here between 7 and 7.30 every Sunday morning, getting everything set up and getting this place uh, working. And um, sometimes it doesn't work out like we like to, but they, they put forth so much sacrifice and time. And I am very thankful for them. They lead us into God's presence. And I'm thankful for that. Amen? I'm so thankful for that. I, I want to share with you, and I'm going to try to be kind of brief because we've got a couple of things that we want to do that we really feel the Holy Spirit is going to lead us to do. And it's also Membership Sunday. We're going to be taking in some new members here at the Avenue Church. Amen. So I want to talk just for a few moments today because I believe the Holy Spirit is going to prompt us to do something that will benefit your life and the future of our church. You believe that? I'm believing for miracles to take place today through you, through us. And I want to talk to you about surrendering to the call of God. You know, in the South, or as we realized last week, it's the South. 
that everyone thinks that everybody is going to heaven because this is the Bible Belt. You live in the South, that equals heaven. Um, all because their grandparents were saved. Well, my grandparents were saved, so I'm going to heaven. Um, I'm not trying to be the bearer of bad news, but just because people think they're going to heaven doesn't give them a free pass. This region, the South, needs the local church. And God is passionate about the local church to reach the lost. And we've got to become submissive to the call of God and the will of God in our lives. God is a big deal. And he believes that his children are a big deal. He believes winning the lost is a very big deal. And it's our job to bring the love and the hope of Jesus to the lost. Therefore, we, the church, are kind of a big deal. There's t-shirts on sale for $10. Get your t-shirt before you leave. (laughs) In this passage of scripture, before we read what happened here, Jesus has just fed 5,000 men. And if you go into the context, and they always talked about the men, but they, 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 they exclude, they didn't exclude, they just didn't put in the fact that there's women and children amongst that number. And so really this was more like 14,000 people that he fed with just a couple pieces of fish and a couple pieces of bread. They were even able to take up 12 basketfuls after everybody was full. It was like a buffet of fish and bread. It was like the gourmet fish and chips at Long John Silver's. It was awesome. 14,000 people with just a handful of food. This is enough people to fill the Knoxville Civic Coliseum twice. See, one thing I want us to see from this today is is this right here. When you make yourself available to God, he makes himself available to you. The disciples, here they are, they go out to the lake, and the storm comes, and they're all scared. They're in the middle of this lake, and Jesus is off by himself. And the Bible says that he was about to pass them by, or would have passed them by. What a tragedy. What a tragedy it would be if God were to pass us by and show his miracles in someone else's life all because we didn't reach out. I believe Jesus is walking past the boat of your personal life today and unless you reach out, unless you cry out to him, you are going to get passed by. Previously in in this text like we read, Jesus could have miraculously created food for everyone there that day, but he didn't. He decided to use what they had. God is letting us know that he wants to use us. He could have done this all by himself, but he wanted to use us. He wants to use us, use what you have to do something incredible in your life. God can miraculously show up and do some amazing things without us, but he'd rather use us. God is God all by himself. He doesn't need any of us, but he'd rather use us. I believe God is literally at the side of our boat today, and this could be another day where he just passes us by, but if we'll reach out, if we'll reach out and release the fear, I believe he's about to do something in this service miraculously through us and do the supernatural right before our eyes. I believe this is going to be one of those game-changing days, one of those never-again opportunities where we'll look back and say, look what God did through us. When God gets ready to do the supernatural in your life, it will not look like anything you have seen before. That's why it's called supernatural. It won't make sense logically. It won't make sense financially. It won't make sense vocationally. When Jesus showed up to walking on the water, it freaked them out. Walking on the water, this had never been done. And here comes Jesus walking on the water. They freaked. They, he almost passed them by. They almost got passed by, but they cried out, and immediately he went to them. 
We have a never again moment. I'm going to get there in a few minutes today to step out in faith and do what God has called us to do at the Avenue Church. And the only thing that we have to do is make sure that we step out in faith and make sure that he doesn't pass us by, causing us to miss what he wants to do through us. Why, why would we cower down in fear when the miraculous will take place if we step out in faith? And that goes for every area of our lives. Why would we cower down in fear when God wants to do the miraculous in our lives? We'll just step out in faith until we learn, and this is what it comes down to, until we learn to value what God values, we will never understand the heart of God. Until we, uh, never, until we understand and learn to value what God values, we will never understand what the heart of God. And see, you're passionate about things in your life that you value. Sure you are. I'm passionate about Auburn football, Duke basketball, Red Sox baseball. I'm eclectic when it comes to sports. Oakland Raiders, because Bo Jackson was at Auburn and he went to the Raiders. There's a connection there. Um, I'm passionate about Morristown Hamlin High School West. Thank you. Church is about to split. (laughs) <laughs> you see, we, we value the things that we're passionate about. I'm passionate about my kids. I value my kids. I'm passionate about my wife. I value her. We protect what we value. Say something about West again. <laughs> I just, hey, I tried that this week, and you see what happened. It, <laughs> If, if we're serious about God, we'll value what God values. I want to give you a list of things that God values. Here's, here's what God values. Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. Vision. God values vision. Helen Keller was asked, what was worse, what could be worse than being blind? And she replied with this, having eyesight but no vision. Having eyesight but no vision. Let me speak to families for a moment. Fathers, what's the vision for your children? Husbands, what's the vision for your wife? You want to see wives draw close to you? Then get a vision. You want to see a woman get so attracted to her husband? Then husbands start leading like you're supposed to. Can I get an amen? That's a lot of women. Husbands, what's the vision for your marriage? Parents, what's the vision for your children, your family? What's the vision for your home? Every single day of our lives, it may get on their nerves, but I put the vision in front of our children every single day. Every day I tell Judah, you are a man of God, and you are going to do great things for Jesus. You are going to win millions for Jesus. I tell him every day, you are a leader, you are more than a conqueror, and you can do all things through Christ who gives him strength. Every single day, I tell Jocelyn the same exact thing. She's a woman of God. Put the vision in front of your children. You've got to have vision. You need to grab the vision of our church. That was a great place to say amen. We are the most exciting church in Morristown. I love that because somebody walked up to me just the other day and they said, hey, pastor, the most exciting church in Morristown. And there were a couple people with me and they all went, woo! <laughs> it was really fun. And that, and that person says, I love doing that because of everybody's reaction. It's so awesome. But we exist to show the world who Jesus is and invite them to experience his love and hope. And we are here to provide an avenue. See what I did there? 
See what I did there? Provide an avenue to encounter Jesus, build and strengthen families, and reach our communities. And we believe that makes us a very big deal. But here's the real deal. You cannot grab a hold of the vision of God's house unless you grab a hold of the vision for your own house. You cannot grab a hold of the vision of God's house until you grab a hold of vision for your own house. You must grab a hold of the vision for your life. What is your purpose? Make sure the rest of your life is geared to be the best of your life. Your past may have not been so well, but you know what? That doesn't define your future. Don't settle. Think bigger. Dream larger. Get a God-sized vision. Don't put a limit on what God can do through you because there are no limits with God. That's great preaching. Well, thank you. When you get serious about your life, God will rock your world. When you realize that God's plan for your life is kind of a big deal, you'll realize that you're kind of a big deal. That's how much God loves you. And it's at that moment you'll be able to serve your family better, and then in turn you'll be able to serve your church better. Vision is imperative, but so is this next one, attitude. You've heard it said before, attitude is, well, maybe you haven't. Attitude is everything. Oh, yeah. How many of you love to be around negative people? Oh, here we go. Oh, my gosh. You know, there, there is more damage done to the body of Christ when people are negative than anything else we do. I believe it's sin. Ephesians chapter 4, 29, this is what the Amplified Version says. It says, let no foul or polluting language nor evil word nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth. But only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others, as is fitting to the need and the occasion, that it may be, be a blessing and give grace, God's favor, to those who hear it. Now, I don't know how else to say it, but if you're negative, stop it. <laughs> by, by the show of hands today, how many of you have been set free from hell, and because of the blood of Jesus, you have a place in heaven? <laughs> So that alone is a reason to wear a smile on your face every single day of your life. Like I said last week, if you've been saved, notify your face. Notify your attitude. So, so why in the world should we ever have an attitude that would say that we've been to hell? <laughs> we know what those faces look like. God values a proper mindset. If you struggle in this area, you need to notify yourself of all that God has done for you. You need to notify yourself that the big deal thinks that you're kind of a big deal. If you have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, you are blessed. You are highly favored. You are royalty. You can have what he says you can have. And you can do what he says you can do. And let me remind you today that he can turn your mourning into dancing, your sorrow into joy, and your worry into peace. You are an overcomer. You are chosen all because he loves you and you are a big deal. Amen. Philippians chapter 2, 1 through 5 says, If then there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by thinking the same way, having the same love, sharing the same feelings, focusing on one goal, do nothing at all rivalry, or conceit. So everybody's a West fan in here. So you hear that. Do nothing out of rivalry. But in humility, consider others as more important than yourselves. Wow. 
but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Verse 5, make your attitude that of Jesus Christ. Take on the mind of Christ. If you're going to take on the mind of Christ, we've got to change our thinking. We've got to change our attitude. Do you, do you believe God created the whole world? Do you believe that God sent Jesus into the world to save the world? That he died for our sins? Do you believe that he rose from the dead? Do you believe that he's now seated at the right hand of God? Wow. We, we believe that, but we, we believe in unbelievable theology. But you don't think that same God who can hold everything in place can save your marriage? Perform miracles in your finances? And bring healing to your life? You've got to change your thinking. You've got to change your mindset. Put on the mind of Christ. Because with Christ, all things are possible. Let me, let me just pause right here. Push the pause button. And, and, and let me speak some truth to you. We, we don't have time here at the Avenue Church, nor is there any place for nasty, negative attitudes. And, and let me go on record, and I don't say this arrogantly. Okay, this is just how everything's ordained by God. I say this as humbly as I possibly can, that, that God gives the vision to one person, and that's the pastor. Okay, and I'm not threatened by anyone's gifts. In fact, one of my main goals is to help uh, others discover your gifts and use them for the glory of God and to edify the church. I'm simply saying is that we don't have time for grandstanding and we don't have time for pride. I'm simply declaring that you and, and, and I, that we are raising up a people that will speak life and not death. We'll speak hope and not doubt. Faith and not doubt. Do you hear me this morning? Faith and not doubt. We don't have time, nor will we entertain anyone that tries to come in with their own agenda. Why? This is God's church. It is not about me and it's not about you. And we are kind of a big deal. Amen. It's time for a church to rise up that will believe and have the mind of Jesus Christ that we can change the world. After all, like we said last week, we are salt. Salt. Somebody say you're salty. If you missed last week, look us up on... Uh... My mind went blank. Podcast. Sorry. In other words, we just need to cut the baloney. If that negative attitude is around here, somebody just say, cut the baloney, dude. You've got to change your attitude. You've got to change your attitude that, that will please God. When I accepted Christ into my life, my whole world changed. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. And to take it a step further, Jesus left us the power of the Holy Spirit and set us on fire. So I'm a match. And if you line a row of matches together and set one on fire, they'll all catch on fire. And that's what we've got to do, church. Allow the passion, allow the love, allow the positive excitement rub off on other people and let them see the big deal that you are a part of. We are the church and you are a child of God. Amen. So have a good attitude. So not only does God value vision and attitude, he also values leadership. Number three, leadership. When we accept Jesus into our lives as Lord and Savior, we should all be leading by the power of God that lives within us. We should be serious about leading. Someone said once said, he who thinks he is leading but no one is following is just taking a walk. Who are you leading? Who's following you? 
Matthew 4, 19 says, follow me, he told them, and I will make you fishers of people, fishers of men. Luke 19 and 10 says, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. So if the lost are not following you, who are you leading? It's time we get serious about leading people to the cross, church. You can't lead people to a relationship with Jesus unless you know how to get there. You can't lead, a, lead people to, to a relationship with Christ if you don't know the way. It's time to get serious about leading. And let me speak again to families. Husbands, lead by example to your wife and your children. Single parents, lead by example to your children. Single people, lead by example of purity in your life. Follow God's purpose that he has for you. God thinks that leading is a big deal. So start taking leadership serious. And here at the Avenue Church, we are kind of a big deal because we're going to lead people to follow Jesus. And if you've never done that, then we're going to lead you so that you can lead others. You know, I, I, think, I think often daily about the process of our church and how God has orchestrated us being where we are today. And I laugh because, you know, every church specialist or whatever tries to say you've got to have adequate this, adequate that, and... And, and no disrespect to the Rose Center. I'm so thankful that the Rose Center has opened their doors and allowed us to have service. But this just isn't adequate for what we want to do. And, and I laugh because sometimes we walk in, the bathrooms are awful. And, and some people are like, if your bathrooms aren't like excellent, people will never come back. I'm, you're here. <laughs> and so I start thinking about it. I'm like, man, bathrooms were really bad today. <laughs> and, and you think about, oh, God, please don't let that one person come in and blow everything up and it'll just be a bad day. I apologize, sir, for our bathroom today, but come on in, you know. But you know, I laugh because we think that we have to, ha and I do think that it's necessity to have quality facilities and, and state-of-the-art technology. I believe in all that. But when God is doing something, he doesn't need any of it. And I laugh, I, it, it, it tickles me because, you know, when God's in something, you, nothing can stop it. That's what's so wonderful, and, and, and one of the several reasons why we have been so successful is, is because of, obviously, and first and foremost, is God, but also because of great leadership. And I, I'm talking about Royce and Linda Graham as our elders, and Rich and Donna Noe as our elders who have led this church, the spiritual backbone of this church. For people like Danny and Marcia Seal, who were the care coordinators of this church, and, and, and Danny and, and Donna DeMello, who were over the marriage ministry at this church, and um, Adam and Jessica, who were uh, PR coordinator, public relations coordinator, people like that, good leadership. When people walk in, they feel the love of God. It's important. With the praise and worship team like Jordan and Russ and Travis and, and Julia and Melissa and Donna singing and lead us into God's presence, it's good leadership. With people like Kelly and Ashley, and these words, it's not easy getting all this stuff on the screen and making sure the videos and all this stuff goes right. And she volunteers here and then goes down to children when she's not there. She works her tail off. People like Ashley who's in charge of outreach. That's one of our main vision statements, to reach out to the community. It's because of great leadership. And then I started thinking even further, in reality, God doesn't need any of us. He doesn't need me. He doesn't need you. He's God all by himself. But when we've reached toward faith, out of fear, and when we move toward God, he moves toward us. And we are here just over one year since our first service. And we're already moving to a bigger and better facility so that we can do things bigger. We can reach more and love more people. And now we can show more people the love of Jesus Christ. 
What an amazing opportunity. We're going to continue to move toward God, and he will continue to move toward us. Let me explain this. In Exodus chapter 3, here Moses is. He had just left. He left Egypt. He was out in the wilderness, and he's out doing his duties, and he sees this bush on fire, but it's not burning up. If you pay attention to this text, God never speaks before Moses comes forward. But when Moses decided to step toward the bush and find out what was going on, then God spoke to him. So when you move toward God, he will always respond and speak to you. When we step out in faith, God responds in action. He's waiting on you. Well, I want to get involved, Pastor Justin. I just don't know where to serve. Volunteer to clean the bathrooms. Volunteer to vacuum. Volunteer to clean. Volunteer to show up and serve and help set up. That's serving. That's leadership. Matthew 20 and 28, along with Mark 10 and 45, says the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Listen, God's anointing is unleashed in your life when you learn to submit to his leadership and learn to serve. So let me give you a little piece of advice before we go on to the next one. Stop wasting time waiting on God to show up with some word or some revelation. Just serve. Learn to be the church. Amen. Which leads us to, to number four, understanding. You've got to get underneath the authority of God's word. You will never receive the blessings in favor of God until you surrender to his word. Get understanding about how you can serve your church. Church, use your gifts to serve the local church. Jesus died for the church. And here's another area that you need to get understanding with. That's tithe. I will always teach on this. That's another area that you need to get understanding because you will never receive the blessings and the favor of God in your finances until you are standing underneath the authority of his word. Well, Pastor Justin, tithe isn't mentioned in the New Testament like the Old Testament and blah, 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 blah. Don't even get me started on that concept. Don't even get me started on the New Testament giving. Okay, I'm going to. You, you don't want to tithe. You don't want to give your 10%. Then let's just all start giving like the New Testament. Yeah, because in the New Testament, they sold everything they owned and then gave it to the church. So you go ahead and you operate the New Testament and we'll receive it, but we're going to stick with the 10%. <laughs> you see, here's where a lot of us struggle. Well, you know, I just don't trust where the money is going. Can I be real? I don't, I don't trust where the money is going. And the last church I went to wasted money. So I'm not giving. Listen, you definitely don't have to worry about that here at the Avenue Church. And we are very sorry for your past hurts. But don't live in disobedience to God's word and miss out on his blessings because of the faults of man in the past. His blessings are unleashed in your life when you decide to give back to him what is already his. Hear me. Your blessings from your obedience is not contingent on where the money goes. So don't rob yourself of a blessing because you think we're going to misappropriate the funds. We're not going to do that. You, you know how we do it. We come up with the, the me concept where everything is about me. We try to tell God what the Bible really means in this context. We make little notes. Well, God, just in case you didn't know, this is what you really meant right here in this verse. So, so we say things like, well, this sin is not that big of a deal. And it's not that big of a deal if I don't do this. That's just the problem. 
We've got to come to the understanding that his ways are kind of a big deal, and we need to learn to live by them. And that leads me to my last point today before we move on. If you will get under God's authority, you will excel. Number five, excel. If you will get under God's authority, you will excel. Anything alive grows. Or if you eat a lot, we grow. We should be doing all that we can while we are on this earth, growing in him and becoming like him. When you value what God values, you begin to excel in your life. You begin to see God use you in ways you never thought were possible. He's waiting on you. He's waiting on you. 20 years ago, I never would have imagined that I would be standing here today pastoring in Morristown, Tennessee. That put me at 14 years old. I never would have thought it possible. But now I have the privilege of seeing God do some of the most amazing things. And we've only just begun. We're alive, so we're growing. And if as the leader of my family and the leader of what God has called us to do would have gone back to Cincinnati and and looked at just finances, looked at practicality, looked at the possibility of how this is going to happen, then yeah, I would have stayed right there in Ohio. I would have. Because I did look at those numbers and I thought, God, this is impossible. And he said, you better obey what I'm going to tell you to do. And when God tells you to do something, listen, honey, you better do it. Because if not, you will be miserable. And so we stepped out in faith. I left a very, I'm just, I'm just being honest with you. I want to share my heart and see where I'm coming. I left a prestigious position if you go and by that standards. People told me I was crazy, and I'd lost my mind, and I'll regret this decision for the rest of my life. So you hear you have people saying that to me. Men of God, speaking God's word to me. Listen, honey, God can speak to me and doesn't have to use somebody else to get a word to me. Now listen, God does use other people to give you a word, but don't go around and say, I need a word, I need a word. Anybody got a word for me? I got a word. I'm going to help you out right here. Get along with God. Get in his word. and He'll give you that word. And he will speak to your heart. And so I told Melissa, honey, we're going to do it. We're leaving everything that we know that is. We're packing up. And we're going to move to Tennessee. And we're going to do what God told us to do. And look what God is doing. When you reach out from fear and cry out to Jesus, man, he will meet you every single time. When you move toward God, he will move towards you. And God responded to our obedience. And so going back to our text today, I'm going to go ahead and ask the band to come on up. Going back to our text today, a pretty big deal is going on. These disciples were fearing for their lives. They're in the middle of this sea. And I wonder if they thought they were in trouble because... At the end of this text, it said that they, were, they didn't understand what really took place on land. And if you notice what Jesus told them, he said, immediately go and get in the boat and I'll meet you over there. It's almost like saying, get out of my face. We just fed 14,000 people and you were so selfish to think that this wasn't possible. And so here they are in the middle of this sea. They think they're about to die. And Jesus comes walking out on the water. And the Bible literally says, would have passed them by. 
So what I'm telling you is that Jesus' intentions were just to walk right past them. One translation says, would have passed them by. But until they cried out and they called out from fear, Jesus came toward them immediately, it says, and got in the boat and everything ceased. All because they reached out and stepped out in faith. Church, in just a few moments, you're going to have an an opportunity to be a part of a never again moment. Why would you miss out on the miraculous that God wants to do through you? All because you didn't step out in faith and allow God to use you. We pray and ask God to do miracles in several areas of our lives, but we always want to sit back and just let God do it. But God always pushes us to do something in response. God wants us to make the first move through your obedience, through your service, whether it's help park cars or helping with children. God wants to use you to bring people to Christ, to value what he values, to realize that my church is kind of a big deal. And listen, the endeavor that we're about to to take on, to embark on, is going to cost us something. It's going to cost us effort. It's going to cost us time. It's going to cost us energy. And listen, it's going to cost us some money. But there's no price you can put on value of souls being forever changed for the glory of God. I want you to stand with me this morning. Heavenly Father, you are so wonderful. And God, we know there is no price, no price that we can put on souls being saved and changed for the glory of God. Lord, you know every person here, what they're going through, what they've been through, and nothing in their lives has kept you from loving them unconditionally. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would move about every seat and minister in every heart and every life. Encourage them. Let them know that, God, you love them. Let this be a life-changing day for us. A day that we'll look back and realize all that you've done through us. God, you are so wonderful. You are so awesome, God.